Hello and welcome to Meet Her, the newest addition to Virtual Inforum. My name is Terry Barclay and I'm president and CEO of Inforum, a nonprofit whose work includes highlighting and supporting diversity in business leadership. The Meet Her podcast series introduces listeners to women of accomplishment whose experiences and insights feed us all on our leadership journeys. Joining me today is Casey Smith, president of Serendipity Media LLC and a member of the Inform Board of Directors. Casey is an incredible entrepreneur who founded both Serendipity Media and Serendipity Cares, a nonprofit dedicated to community development, education, and women's health. Welcome, Casey, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Terry. Happy to be here. So let's jump right in if, if you're game. I'm game. Uh, you're game. Okay, good. <laughs> What's the skill that you're constantly working to improve? I think that there are a lot of skills that I am uh, continually trying to improve upon. And, and I think a lot of leaders are doing the same thing, whether it's um, making sure that I'm, I'm leading with goals in mind, that I'm providing feedback, and, and that I'm really setting goals. And what's interesting is, is when I think about the things that I'm struggling with, it's really um, the opposite to what I think is one of my stronger suits, which is actually goal setting. One of the things I think I'm really good at is taking a look at um, forecasting, taking a look at what, um, what is realistic in the next year, or two and really establishing a solid plan with regards to that. And um, over the years, um, we've done well as a result of that short-term planning and we've achieved a lot of goals and we've, we've had a lot of success. But over the years, I've also noticed and um, had pointed out to me a couple of times that I struggle really with long-term goal planning. Um, where is it that I wanna see serendipity be in five years, 10 years? And it's taken me a long time to get to that realization to to know that what I think is one of my greater strengths being goal setting is also probably one of my greater weaknesses. I think over the years, I, I've thought of long-term uh, goal planning is it's hard to predict. If you would have told me where I was going to be five years ago, I never would have believed it. So to project so far out in advance has always been an obstacle for me. So over the last you know, couple of years as a, as a company, we've been having conversations about what does the long-term really look like? And through doing some of that goal setting, I think it's really helped us to shape what we want serendipity to look like, uh, where we want to go. And it's, and it's really been something that I've been looking at and when it helps me make decisions about what it is we're doing in the short term. So it is something that I have to consciously be aware of. I have to work on every day, not just the short term, but taking a look at the long term. And how do the decisions that we make today influence tomorrow and then ultimately that longer term, term projection of, of where we want to go as a company. Through this process, it wasn't just um, me saying what I think I want serendipity to be, but it's also really taking into consideration, you know, what do our employees and our team members want to see serendipity long term? And um, it's, been a, it's been an exercise that has been really interesting to work through. And I continuously focus on it on a regular basis. So definitely thinking long, long term. <laughs> this is probably the, the area I work on to improve the most. That's, that's so interesting because I think that when you're a high-powered, high-charging entrepreneur and business owner, you know, every day is like 
drinking from the fire hose, right? And so it's, it, 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 I'm just whipping out all these different metaphors, but it, it, you know, I think the long-term goal set is kind of like trying to tune the car while you're driving it. And so I can see how they're actually different things, right? Yeah. The, the, and I would imagine the kind of drive that has made you so successful could could lead to moving so quickly that you don't take time to take stock. So I'm wondering if you, do you have any, like what helps you make that shift? Um, well, I think that um, one of the things that um, helps me be conscious of it is, is certainly the, my, my leadership team, we meet on a regular basis and we regularly talk about really the short-term goals and, and they know the long-term is an area for me that I tend to overlook often and try to just think short term. And so they are a point of check for me to Mm -hmm. really kind of challenge me a little bit on that. Um, And, you know, I I think that when I'm making short term goals, you know, I try to, I have sticky notes on my computer that remind me to think about the, the long term and what (sighs) business development, and it sounds as simple as it really is as simple as that reminding me when we're thinking about doing a new project, you know, how will this project really impact us short term and long term? And is it an opportunity for us to really go to keep to go to get to the goals that we want to achieve long term? And, and sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes you got to make short term decisions that may or may not get you to the long term goal. But there are other times when, you know, you, it's easy to get sucked into, I think as an entrepreneur, like I love great ideas. Yeah. It's easy to get sucked into something that will, oh gosh, that'll help us get to, get to our goal this year, but it may not be the best idea for the long term. And um, so, so just, you know, like I said, sticky yeah. notes, reminding myself, having my team really kind of check, how does this fit us into this long-term goal of where we want to be and um, making sure that you have those checkpoints along the way has been helpful for me. I, I, I really love the pragmatism of, you know, because that's how you stay true to that in the moment. I really appreciate you sharing, you sharing those tips. What, what is the biggest challenge facing leaders today? <laughs> well, I would say if you asked me that a month ago, it probably would have been a very different question <laughs> um, or a very different answer, excuse me, than, than probably what I would say today. I, I think that the, the challenge facing leaders today is, well, let me take a step back. One of the things that I think as an entrepreneur, I have really um, relied upon is my advisors, you know, uh, peers in my industry to go to and talk to, how have you handled these kind of challenges or situations? And fast forward to today, there's no roadmap for what we are going through today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't want to say there isn't advisors, but you can, you can, you can go and reach out to your to your network and find out what people are doing and how they're handling this, but there, there's no roadmap for what we're experiencing today. And um, just to, you know, kind of put some perspective on that, you know, serendipity, we're um, a media and publishing company and uh, most of our business, probably 80% of our businesses in tour and travel, specifically group travel, student travel and Broadway. Uh, we also do publications in, in education and after school as we're going through this challenge right now, I'm trying to lead a team when I don't know what the future is going to look like. There's so much uncertainty in the travel space. Um, not only the question, I believe people are going to travel again, but what is that travel experience going to look like? When you go to a Broadway show, are all those seats going to still be in there and yeah. to the production, right? For group travel, which is, you know, one of our big industries in student travel, you know, our motor, ch- motor coach size is going to change. And, and what is the landscape of that going to look like? And we just don't know any of that. And so 
for being such a good goal setter. I have no idea right now how to <laughs> set goals, how to make estimates or projections based on what it's going to look like on the other side of the team, the other side of this. And, you know, I think as a leader, it's trying to lead the team by um, managing what I know, um, mm-hmm. being vulnerable, um, being honest and realistic with the team, but trying to, I, I feel now more than ever, there's, there's more of a personal check-in in addition to the work focus, because um, this is an uncertain space for so many people and um, making them uh, feel engaged in the work they are doing, but letting them know we don't know where it's going to be on the other side. It's definitely a different challenge than I think leaders have ever been faced with. And, you know, I think that we all have to kind of band together and and listen to each other and get ideas from each other. But I I think it's just, it's uncharted territory. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy. And I think for most small business owners, you're trying to decide whether you're going to make it to the other side. And so be concerned about that and then making sure you're still motivating your team and keep keeping them focused on, you know, the goals when we don't really know what the industry is going to look like. Um, that's definitely, a, definitely a challenge for sure. Is there a mistake that you witness leaders making more frequently than others? You know, I mean, we all make lots of mistakes, right? But is, is, is there any pattern that, you know, that one mistake that you see leaders making frequently? I think that um, a lot of leaders um, focused, maybe fail a little bit on balanced feedback, uh, meeting, providing, I think leaders regularly probably provide feedback, but is it balanced meaning providing both positive feedback and constructive feedback? You know, I think as the busier that we get, the more difficult um, sitting down with somebody and, and helping them really develop is Um, becoming increasingly more difficult. And I also think that along that same lines, one of the things that that I have done and I have seen people do is provide provide feedback, um, whether it's positive or constructive, and and not have it be heard in the right way, which makes it fall a little flat. And I think as leaders uh, providing uh, constructive and developing feedback to employees is, is really what continues to help us move forward. And when, when people don't receive that and they don't receive it and hear it and, and are able to kind of take it in and process and do something with it, I think then um, companies really, really struggle um, from that perspective. So, you know, like and, I said, and, I, I've made a lot of mistakes myself and I know that's something that I have done and I know other leaders um, struggle with it as well. Yeah, no, that's such great. That is such great advice. And um, I think that it, it feedbacked, takes on a whole new set of challenges when you're in a more entrepreneurial or small business environment where there are fewer team members, Um, you you know, because it just, it kind of creates a more, uh, well, I don't know, it can, it it can be more challenging, I think, because everybody knows everything that's going on at the company. (laughs) You've got a small office when you only have 18 or, you know, we have right now. I mean, my goodness, everybody knows everything that every, what's going on with everybody. And so sometimes it's not as easy to provide that feedback and you become a little bit of a family. But at the end of the day, everybody employees wise wants to feel like they're moving forward and they're, you know, growing and developing. And and I think that's important for employees to feel. Yeah. Yeah. So, so here we are, we've just been talking about the huge challenges that, that we all face in just the business world. And we've been talking about mistakes that we make as leaders and, 
So how do you, and I know that you are a person who places a priority on continuing to learn and grow. So how do you do that as a leader? Yeah, I, I definitely believe that um, continuous learning is, is critical for not only our company, but I think just to, from a personal development perspective. So I, I definitely place a priority on it. I do it in a few different ways. And um, I'd like to say there was a rhyme or reason to what I choose when, but I think it's probably more based on what's going on in life. But uh, <laughs> I think that, um, you know, certainly um, there have been books that have come across my desk that, um, you know, I, I've read and really learned quite a bit from and have implemented strategies and, and tips from them. You know, I think a lot of the books that I read, it's just like going to any sort of education. There's, you know, a lot of it we're already doing, but I'm looking for that nugget of information that we might be able to apply to help us to excel in a positive direction. Um, so I certainly, I, I read books um, and I would say that's probably more occasionally. I'm not a huge uh, self-help or a business book reader, um, but, but I do find that there's value in that. I have a to-do list every single, I have a to-do list every day. I have a to-do on my list every, every week to actually read some sort of professional development, whether that's something in the sphere of, of marketing, which you could do professional development every single day, whether that's a leadership article. And, and so whether it's reading blogs or listening to podcasts like you guys are doing. So I do invest in that, but I, I limited it to try to do like something once or twice a week. Um, mm. because I think you can get so excited into it and it, it can dry and you can't apply everything. Mm. Um, and then, you know, the last thing, I guess there's two last things. Um, you know, I do attend webinars and um, education, uh, whether that's some leadership stuff. Uh, and, um, you know, I've gone to a various like CEO summits, particular to our industry in the niche media space, um, you know, spend a lot of time doing that, you know, when it seems fitting from when you look at the education track and is that where we're headed in this this year. And I think probably the most important thing that I've done is um, I have a leadership coach who I work with and I've worked with for um, the last several years. And um, we came together at a time in my career where um, I, we ha I had what I referred to at the time as a staff tsunami and I, I had lost a quarter of my staff in a 30 day window and it was just chaos. And I had people suggesting, oh, go to this webinar, go read this book, go to this, you know, leadership session. And there's all these people or a, a, a round table or something. And I'm like, I need somebody to talk to me about what I'm going through in this moment and help me get through it. And um, so I did, I found somebody that, um, you know, worked well from a connection perspective and I've really been working with her ever since. And, and, and the reason that I, I continue to meet with her on a regular basis is because I personally have a tendency when I get out of a challenging situation to be like, Oh, things are back to normal. Um, and sometimes I slide back and, and start doing some old habits and I continually see her for the purpose of not slipping into old habits. But she also challenges me to continually think about what the next step is and where, where are we going long-term. When I said earlier that goal setting piece, she's also another person who um, keeps me focused on, okay, what's the long-term? How does this fit in? And keeps me in check to um, find balance in, in the work that we're doing and in the leadership approach that we're taking. So I do all of those things. What great advice. What, what great answers. I, you know, and, and our next question sort of is a good follow-up to, to that, because I think that, you know, when you're, a, when you own 
um, a small business, when you're an entrepreneur, um, and your business is not small, it's just, you know, relative to a Fortune 500 company. Right. Um, uh, it's, it's really important that you have a, a top-notch team because you don't have any slack. You know, every person on the team has to be a, a really great performer. When, so when you're hiring, when, you, when you're hiring and you're faced with two equally qualified candidates, what, how do you tip the scales? What, how do you determine whom to hire? Yeah, um, you know, I think that um, several years ago, we kind of redid how we do interviews um, in the company. And we, we basically go through and ask questions that certainly find out their skill level, because I think skill level is something that somebody clearly needs to bring to the table. If I'm hiring a graphic designer, um, they have to obviously be able to do the job, a writer, a design, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, but we added questions to our interview that really focus on our core values. Um, we talk about we have questions that focus on our brand standards, um, and, um, you know, we, we talk about kind of our vision and our mission and, and we have questions that we try to learn a little bit more about the candidates and how they would fit into our culture. And oh, so, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, you know, when we talk about when somebody comes in, we're like, here's our brand standards and, you know, here's our core values and this is who we are. And we realized that we were not at one point finding out whether or not this person inherently had the same core values that we had. And so uh, we started adding them to the interview um, interview list. And I think that uh, that for us has been um, a way to um, find out whether or not, number one, somebody can do the job, but more importantly, um, will they fit in with who serendipity is, who we are as a company, and you know, ultimately our culture. And um, so that really is one of the um, defining factors for us. Interestingly enough, um, you know, we had a recent hire that we did at the first part of the year and had two candidates and both of them were skilled, both of them really fit into the culture. And we were really faced with, well, how are we going to decide? And I'm like, well, you can't just pick a name out of a hat. We got to come up with something. And when we took a look at going back to the longer term goal and said, okay, where is it that we wanted to go? And, and it happened to be from a designer perspective and, and video is definitely a priority for us long term one of the candidates actually happened to do video. And so that happened to be the deciding factor. Wow. Um, so, uh -huh. um, I think having those parameters, we have hiring standards here at the office. And, um, you know, by doing that, it gives us a frame of reference of, of the questions we should be asking and, and the people we ultimately bring onto the team. And, and as a result of doing that, um, you know, we've, we've had a, we have a very high retention rate um, for employees here at the company and very proud of that. I, yes, I, uh, kudos, kudos to you. And I just love the specific examples because, you know, people, all of us can relate to situations we've been in and it's great to know what your path, what your path has been. So, so one final question you were, we were talking about how you continue to grow and develop as a leader, but, um, are there any specific blogs or podcasts or other media that you would recommend or that you engage with to generate new ideas, Casey? Hmm. Yeah, a couple of them really are really more industry specific. So, um, you know, I'm an, I'm an avid HubSpot reader. Uh, I think that they provide a ton of content from a marketing perspective that mm. really fits into the work that we do. Um, whether it's using, um, you know, marketing tips for our publications or whether we're using them for a, um, for a potential 
uh, one of our marketing services clients. So I do like that. Um, and then particularly from a, um, a really magazine specific, um, you know, I, Folio is our industry's magazine. So as a magazine publisher, we turn to other magazines to give us some information um, and keep us abreast on what's, what's transpiring in the media industry as a whole. Um, so those two probably are top of the, top of the list um, for keeping informed on, on stuff that is um, marketing and or magazine specific. Great. That's great. Thank you for, for sharing those. Um, I'll circle back to you because we're posting tip sheet, sheets on our website along with the blog. So we'll want to be sure to share that intel with yes. people who listen to your podcast. <laughs> that sounds great. Uh, um, well, gosh, uh, Casey, thank you so much for joining us today and for taking time out of that crazy busy schedule you have to share your insights. You are most welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, that wraps up our podcast. Please come back to inforummichigan.org for more opportunities to meet her. And while you're there, check out the other virtual Inforum components, including a growing library of video tips, virtual leadership development programming, and even a series of virtual events. Thank you. <laughs>